You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I feel like who art ed? Try to spice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it, 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 it works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Remember, you can see images of the work being discussed this week and every week if you're following on Amazon Music, which supports episode-specific cover art. Today, I want to focus on picture books, and specifically, picture books for children. When Gutenberg created his printing press in 1440, it was a game changer for the written word. Now, many will point out that he did not invent the printing press so much as improve upon things that were known at the time. But I think it's fair to give the man his due and acknowledge that Gutenberg's machine marked a significant achievement and breakthrough. His innovation was in the use of movable type which is to say he had stamps of all different letters that could be arranged to lay out words on a page. Then the printer would make several copies before rearranging the letters to spell out the text of the next page. He didn't invent stamps or even movable type, but he did make it practical. From what I understand, there were Chinese inventors who came up with movable type printing press before Gutenberg. I mean, there were woodblock prints happening in China dating back to like the 9th century. In Korea, they had metal stamps for um, various characters well before Gutenberg. But the issue with these printing systems in China and Korea was that there were numerous unique characters for different words rather than forming all different words out of a relatively small collection of letters. Using the alphabet of just 26 letters meant that European printers needed fewer stamps, and it made the whole thing a lot more manageable. Of course, books are more than simply a collection of letters and words on a page. Before the printing press, books were hand-copied, including illustrations and calligraphic embellishments. When the printing press came along, Wood blocks were carved to form stamps to add illustrations to pages. Still, it wasn't until the 17th century that we saw an illustrated book for children. In 1658, John Comenius created Orbis Sensualium Pictus, which translates to The World Around Us in Pictures. Comenius was a teacher from what is now the Czech Republic, and he published his book in Latin and German, though it was such a huge hit it was quickly translated into English as well. 
Like so many teachers, he created his own resources to help his students learn. He created a book with 150 illustrations to make it engaging and accessible to learners of all ages, with the idea that engaging the senses would help students learn. I imagine if he were around today, Caminas was the kind of teacher who would be podcasting or going on TikTok to help reach his students. But back to the book. In it, he covered a range of topics, including animals, nature, the elements, and religion. Interestingly, while it was extremely popular and numerous copies were printed and distributed, not many are around today. That's because Orbis Sensualium Pictus was a book that was used in children's daily education rather than stored on a shelf. And through that process of repeated use, the pages would be torn and the bindings worn out. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I decided to make this week's Fun Fact Friday mini episode about the first picture book for children because the fan fact I got was from a student who was sharing about Beatrix Potter the author, illustrator, and creative mind behind Peter Rabbit, a story that's been beloved for generations. Beatrix Potter was an odd girl during her age. Instead of pretty dresses, baby dolls, and long hair, she liked nature and getting down and dirty. She also had her hair cut short in her early ages. She was born in the city, but much preferred the country. Her first exposure to the country was when she, her parents got a nice vacation home in the Scottish country. Scottish countryside by the River Tay when she was five. The house was called Doggies. She began drawing things that she saw there, the flora and fauna in the area, like frogs. She liked taking them into her house and drawing them, sometimes even keeping them as pets. These consisted of mice, bats, snails, a ring snake, frogs, lizards, a hedgehog, and of course, a few rabbits. Her brother, Bertram, and her went on many adventures together. Once, she and her brother found a dead fox. They took it to the house, skinned it, boiled it, and built the skeleton again, maybe even eating the meat. I'm not really sure. Beatrix was a young woman who loved drawing and painting animals. Her love for art first led her to be a greetings card designer. Then she began sending her former tutor's children cards with illustrations and stories. Eventually, she wrote her first book, The Tale of Peter Rabbit, in 1902. Inspired by the pet rabbit she had when she was younger, named Peter Piper, Thank you very much. It's kind of cool to actually get to, you know, chat with someone else and learn about, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know much about Beatrix Potter before this. So, yeah, the only thing I really knew about her before this too, was that she was an iconic artist that loved drawing nature and she created Peter Rabbit. Yeah, I had, I had heard the name, but knew nothing of her life story. So uh, this was learning experience for me too. Well, thank you, Melina. 
one of the students from my good friend and colleague, Mr. Hoff. Um, he has been using the podcast in his classroom, and I'm sorry you've been subjected to that. Nobody wants to hear my voice more than they have to. I get it. But I appreciate you were interested in doing your own research on another artist. So I'm, I'm curious, why did you choose Beatrix Potter? Well, I really love animals and just nature in general. And she's a very somewhat eccentric artist. She's got her own thing about her. Like, she knows what she wants to do. And it's just very cool to see her art. It's relaxing. It's realistic, but fun to look at at the same time. Um, I think it's really cool how she does, like, she had actual animals to observe. Like, she took them into her home and then she observed them, like how they go about their day and just how they look, like the rabbit's ears and the hedgehog spikes. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, she took an approach that is almost scientific from what I've understood. She would study all the animals and then also she did write up scientific papers about her theories of like fungi and how the spores would spread and stuff like that. Um, one of the things I find interesting because we're talking about her and the way you framed her, it sounds almost like a feminist sort of a, a lens on her. Like, you know, I, I think of her as sort of becoming independent and asserting herself as an artist because she was born in, in the middle of the 19th century, you know, uh, 1866 right mm -hmm. I think so and like especially that independence part because she really was not free from her parents for a while because they wanted her around even though during her childhood they pretty much ignored her well yeah and I mean it was that at that time when like women weren't always given the same opportunities and you know she was studying from tutors and not going to actual schooling um but you know, she made the most of what she could. And I thought that was really cool in her story. Yeah, like, it's kind of like video games I play sometimes where you got what you have, you have what you have, and it just get it just makes this really good feeling where you're thankful for what you have, you know? Yeah, and she found a way to, you know, create her own opportunities within the limitations and the confines of society of her day. Yeah, she didn't, um, speaking of society, she didn't really have much of a social life. Uh, she was confined to her home for pretty much all the time. So, yeah, like you said before, she really made the best out of what she had. Yeah, she wasn't going to school, so she made nature her school. She studied what was around her, and she did it pretty well. I mean, all of that study paid off in the iconic illustrations of Peter Rabbit, right? Yeah, he's really iconic. They made a movie, like they made two movies recently, um, and they're they're also pretty funny. They did a good job with those. Yeah, it's kind of amazing when you think about like her study and her work has launched this beloved uh, children's character and and stories that we're still seeing new iterations of a hundred years later. Yeah, her art lives on so well that I thought she was still alive for some reason <laughs> later on. So I was a little bit, yeah, confused. 
Yeah. And, you know, just for time span, her life, she was born in the middle of the 19th century, I think 1866. And she passed away in the 20th century, like 1940s. I want to say 43, but I'm not good with dates. So we'll find out if I'm right. You can email me and at me if if I'm wrong on that one. Well, thank you, Melina and Mr. Hoff, for sending me those fun facts about Beatrix Potter. I always love learning about an artist I honestly didn't know much about before this episode. Now, if you have a fun fact or an interesting story you'd like to share about an artist or an artwork, send it to me at whoartedpodcast at gmail.com. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.